From MTV Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at Nucor Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. We will talk about internet privacy today. Is everything you do on the internet being seen by someone? What are some ways to maintain some privacy while surfing the internet? Does everyone have a digital footprint? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RAY if you have any questions or comments about Internet privacy. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel, Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surges in Hattiesburg. And today we'll talk about internet privacy. Is everything you do on the internet being seen by someone? What are some ways to maintain privacy while surfing the internet? And does everyone have a digital footprint? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments or concerns about surfing the internet and you're concerned about your privacy and who's finding out what about you. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Wilson Jeremy. How are you guys today? Good morning. Doing all right. We had a kind of a crazy weekend in Hattiesburg. Yes. Uh, so I imagine everything is okay with you and your family and your businesses. Yeah, everything okay. is good. Uh, in fact, um, I want to let any listeners know, um, if you live in Hattiesburg and your home was damaged by the storm, if you have any like pictures or data or anything like that that you want to get off of any of your devices that were damaged, Bring them into the shop, and we will do it 100% free because your precious memories are as precious to us as they are to you. And uh, I, I can't stand the thought of people losing stuff like that in a, excuse me, a huge tornado like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious because that's something we don't think about, mm-hmm. our televisions and uh, these things that could be affected by the storms that are tech-related. Are there any general rules for how you how you can protect those things? Because most people are just thinking about their lives. You know, right. Forget the smart TV. <laughs> right. Uh, but any thoughts on that, the ways to protect tech devices and storms? Basically, when something like that comes and you know it's going to be bad, uh, it's best to just unplug any of your precious electronics, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to corral, you know, my really important stuff like my laptop and everything in my little center room where we were going to get uh it never got that bad at our house where we had to but we were prepared to and i I had my most you know valuable stuff with me so i I recommend just unplugging it and if it's a laptop or whatever just keep it in a bag and you know close to you that way you can run out the door with it if you have to yeah and it just highlights another really big uh thing that people need to be thinking about before the disaster hits and that is backing up yep absolutely you know you mentioned those precious memories i mean i know what's on my wife's computer for example all those pictures of the kids as they've been growing on up and and that's what I'm worried about the most. And so having that backup, having some way to get to it, and uh, think about having it somewhere other than just your house, as a lot of our neighbors down there in Hattiesburg have found out, um, you know, that may be 
displaced. No. Some of those pictures you were showing me, Jeremy, I mean, yeah. there's, some, uh, there's definitely some, some things to be considered in there. It, w- it was pretty crazy seeing somebody's house with no roof on top of it, I have to say. That was, that was not... Scary. Yeah. Um, and then these vents usually are going to come along with a little bit of rain, too, and rain and electronics are just not good friends. Right. And there there are tons of different uh, foundations. Uh, if anybody wants to donate to the relief efforts, uh, the one I'm going to highlight here is the Pine Belt Foundation. That's pinebeltfoundation.org. So if you want to donate to Hattiesburg, uh, we, we appreciate it, and any support is, is appreciated very much. Now, um, I had a pretty interesting conversation on my Facebook page about what grandmothers tell people to do during the storm. So <laughs> oh, for Lord. my grandmother, it's get away from the television, get away mm. from the sink, get away from everything, life in itself. But um, are, are there some explanations for literally if lightning strikes, uh, if you're next to the TV or the television is on? I mean, are these legitimate suggestions to turn the television off and, and things like that? I'm not going to say it's crazy to suggest that. I wouldn't say that your TV is likely to explode or anything like that. There's too many components inside the TV for it to go through that would actually blow up. The screen itself doesn't I mean, it's not that it couldn't blow up, but it would just, it would be like, kind of like a phone, you know? The thing doesn't explode. It just kind of mushrooms, and then it just deforms, and it that, it would do that in a part of the TV or something. I wouldn't say it would pose a danger necessarily, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's not a bad idea to, to keep your distance from your electronics. Yeah, and especially, you know, the, the old tale, and I have actually seen where this has been a problem, old telephones. Mm-hmm. You know, not talking about your cordless phones, your smartphones necessarily, but especially with lightning, there's so much, um, so much of that is run by copper through the ground. Mm. And so if lightning hits somewhere near your house, maybe a tree near you, it could potentially hit that and it could run all the way up that line. So there is, not that you hear many instances of it, um, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of it just in case I've seen what lightning can do. Uh, my parents right. was, my parents' house was hit a number of years back and yeah, a lot of electronics in the house just didn't Jeez. work anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, a friend, um, we were at a band rehearsal one time, and it was lightning, and he turned his guitar off, and he turned his amp off, and we were like, hey, man, it's not that big of a deal, and he said, yes, it is, because he was practicing one time, and uh, the lightning, I think he said, went through his entire home, mm-hmm. and I think he got electrocuted as well, mm-hmm. uh, so from that point on, I think his hands were on his bass or something, <laughs> yeah. from that point on, he said, whenever it's uh, lightning or storming, he turns the bass guitar off and the amp and all that, so. I had my bass wired backwards somehow. I can't remember exactly how I did that, but when I tried to uh, strum it, it, it shocked me. So, yeah, wow. to actually have lightning go through your house and do it? No, no, thank you. Yeah, pretty scary. We want to be on the receiving end of that one. Nope. Yeah, well, uh, today we're going to be talking about Internet privacy um, and uh, some things that you can do to uh, be safe and uh, make sure that you are surfing the Internet with some privacy. Uh, but we'll talk about is there even such thing as privacy on the Internet or is everything you're doing on the Internet being seen by someone? We'll get into those things today, but we do have an early caller. Larry is in Atlanta with a question. Good morning, Larry. What do you have for us today? Please love your show. Oh, thanks, Larry. Because I always wanted something new. My situation, uh, there's a good chance I may be going overseas for a couple of months, maybe, you know, like South Korea, Singapore, which, which are known for having a very wonderful high, high speed of the Internet connection. So my first question to you is, do I, I have a laptop, et cetera, but I wonder, do I have to have a special computer to be able to utilize that, that high speed Internet connection? And, and if I'm overseas, what, what would you recommend I do to maintain my internet security. Is it any, any different from being being in the U.S.? 
without going into specifics over different nations, but it is kind of known people's privacy laws are different depending on what country and what region you're in. Um, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about, you know, the Great Firewall of China and some other things like that. Okay. So so I would, I would go as far, I would say that um, looking into something like a personal VPN, especially if you're dealing with your personal finances or, you know, items that are oh. of a sensitive personal nature, I would definitely look into that because... Like I said, there's really, you know, we know what the U.S. laws are, but once you're outside of our borders, it, it, it tends to differ some. Um, as far as for your equipment being able to handle the increased speeds, in all honesty, uh, a lot of computers now, they just, they handle that just fine. They're usually, you know, able yeah. to go up to a gig, so you're not going to really see much beyond that for anybody's Internet connection. The one thing you will want to look at, though, is that the power plugs are different. They run different power yeah, yeah, in different yeah. countries, so you'll have those adapters that'll go there, and that should help you out. Okay, so let me summarize. So, computer should be fine. Just get a different plug and adapter. And you recommend having a personal, having a personal VPN to take care of my my private business. Correct. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, yes, sir. Uh, and safe travels. And I was looking at your different options. You might want to try a VPN that localizes there in South Korea to get like your best connections and so forth. Oh. Um, okay. There are several different options, but just a quick Google search here shows that there's one called Iron Socket, which seems to be uh, locally appreciated there in Korea. I'm taking notes. Well, I'll check that out. As soon as we hang up, I'll check that out. You guys are the best. Thank you again. All, All right, right. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Larry. We appreciate it. Uh, 877-MPB-RING is the number if you have any questions or comments. We're talking today about Internet privacy. Is everything you do on the Internet being seen by someone? We'll talk about some ways to maintain privacy while surfing the Internet. And uh, uh, 877-672-7464 is the number. Wilts, you mentioned a VPN. So for people who may not know what that is, tell us what it is and why, who it would be a good idea for. Well, a VPN, it's, it's an acronym, stands for Virtual Private Network. And what it essentially does is it takes your communications from your computer and, and encases it basically in a encrypted or think of it like in, in almost like a, uh, a two-way conversation where no one else can listen in. So it's almost like puts it onto its own little channel and anybody trying to listen in on the outside, all they would actually hear or see is static. And it ensures that your communications, your password passing, you know, your checking account balance, your emails – are only between you and where you're trying to look. So it's just a way of keeping those those outside snoopers from being able to see you. Okay. Um, and before we go to the break, I want us to answer this question. Is everything you do on the Internet being seen by someone? Yeah, yes. I mean, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Who Never, is that someone? Um, yes. I, really, it, the, <laughs> the thing is, it's not a someone. It's it's a what, and it's a, it's a server that... that consistently logs traffic that goes over the internet mm -hmm. uh these are things that are mostly government based i would say but um it is always possible for a hacker to plant himself in between you and whatever you're communicating with and listen in it's called a man in the middle attack and we can talk a little bit more about that after yeah okay. and you know and your internet providers i mean if you're passing traffic through them um you're you're talking through them the potential of them seeing and recording which i mean we we hear plenty of times you know in legal cases you'll hear people talking about you know they um went in and seized or requested all of their internet records like where have they connected who have they talked to just like with phone records it's right it is recorded i mean that's how they're able to bill you they have to be able to record what you're doing mm -hmm. what we're talking about mostly when it comes to privacy is people that are just conducting personal business if you're doing something and you're uh getting the attention of the authorities you're not going to be able to hide what you're doing mm -hmm. and and that's kind of a good thing in a sense because yeah. uh there needs to be those levels of uh 
infiltration uh, t- for the means of protection. And I know that's going to kind of ruffle some people's feathers, but these <laughs> days um, it's it's kind of easy to hide your communications. So there have to be sophisticated ways to protect us against other things. So uh, that's one of the reasons I would say, no, there really is no, there's always somebody listening. There really is no privacy. All right. Mike is in Holly Springs, wants to comment on uh, our earlier co- conversation about protecting electricity. Good morning, Mike. What do you have for us today? Electronics, rather. Hey, Mike. Yeah, you were talking about lightning. I know it's not about Internet security, but um, one thing I did, I live kind of out in the country, is I put a, a whole, home, whole, whole home surge protector um, at the actual panel. And if the house takes a direct hit, my electronics aren't going to survive. But if it's just a, a big surge, um, pretty much everything will survive. And, and it wasn't very expensive at all. So anybody out there worried about it, I, I would just recommend that for them. That's a great, mm. great suggestion, Mike. And you add that just like directly to your breaker box. How, how do you how do you go yeah, about implementing yeah, that? Come out. You just put it in the breaker box, and you can go anywhere from you know one hundred and fifty dollars to you know two thousand, depending on what kind of protection you want. But I, th- I think it was about two hundred dollars to have it done, and it basically protects everything in the house. Nice. Wow, that's a great idea. Oh yeah. All right, great suggestion, Mike. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue the conversation about Internet privacy. Uh, we'll talk about cookies, what they are. Uh, could you turn them on and off? Would that make a difference? <laughs> uh, we'll also talk about uh, incognito browsing. And uh, is it possible to uh, delete your digital footprint? 877-MPB-RING is the number if you have any questions or comments about uh, who's watching you or how to maintain some privacy while surfing on the Internet. Uh, if you're concerned about anything your kids are doing on the Internet, you want to keep them safe, call us 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at MPB online.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wills Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're talking about Internet privacy and we'll talk about some some ways that you can safely uh, browse and surf the Internet if you are concerned about who's watching what you do. Uh, so, guys, let's talk about cookies. Um, we're not talking about chocolate chip or sugar cookies. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that scared me. That's funny. That's awesome. Um, I had to look up. I thought that was Jeremy. Yeah. Doing it. <laughs> but cookies is a is a tech term. It's a computer term, uh, and it has to deal with uh, kind of what's being documented when you visit certain websites. So, could you what if you talk about cookies and uh, whether you think people should have them on or off? Are they for convenience or inconvenience or what? Cookies have a really really good purpose, and and. Some ways that you'll see cookies being utilized, I mean, you know, whenever you go on in, it'll remember your preferences for sites. Let's just say if you're going to the UPS site, it might remember that you're in the United States or you're in Mississippi or mm. or what have you. So it remembers these these things in order to personalize your experience to make it a little bit less 
frustrating when you go back and having to always make those decisions again. So it's a setting on the computer, right? It is it's like a setting. A, it's like a little file that's stored that has just a tiny bit of information in it about you. And like Will said, yeah. like you can go to UPS and you can pick like, hey, I'm from North America. That way, the next time you go to UPS, it doesn't ask you what country you're from. It has that cookie stored on your computer. So it uses the cookie to determine that without bothering you, basically. Right. And it's going to watch and it's, and, and it's going to see the advertisers are going to start. You know, it, it's like a lot of things. It can be used for good, but it can be used maliciously as well. And so these advertisers will start noticing. Um, a lot of you may notice if you go out, uh, for example, my wife and I are starting to look for a, uh, a car for my son. He's about to turn 16. So now all of a sudden, all of my Amazon ads and everything else all look like car manufacturers and, mm-hmm. and car related things. And that's a result of what the cookies are doing. They're seeing what you're doing and trying to personalize your browsing experience to that. And like I said, for the most part, it's helpful, and that's what it's meant to do, and it's meant to make it a lot easier for you to browse. But like anything that can be used for good, it can be used for bad, and sometimes people will turn that malicious as well. Yeah, I have been annoyed this week because I've been looking for a piece of furniture. And so now every website I go on, there's a furniture ad. <laughs> that's that table you were looking at. You yeah, still want it? <laughs> it's all in the way. Yes. So, I mean, like you said, I, it can be helpful, especially for convenience and remembering what you searched. And you, you may not have to do as many details. But if you are a person who's bothered by ads, I don't know. You may want to turn those those cookies off because it's going to yeah. it's going to remind you of everything you search for. It's not just going to be cookies, though. It's not that simple anymore. See, people are wisening up to cookies. So their advertisers are getting wise to that as well. So now on all your current generation operating systems, Windows 10, um, uh, any of your smartphones and so forth, uh, you get a unique ID that attaches to you and the things that you do. So not only do they know hey, you were looking at that table, but you were also looking at those shoes last week, Mm -hmm. and they know that you like shoes. So they're going to try to get you on all those things. And it's difficult, but you can opt out of these things um, so you're not tracked in that way. But just getting rid of the cookies won't do the trick anymore. Okay. And the other thing with that, too, though, is some of these sites, and you'll see the alert that comes off the moment you turn off the cookie setting. The site won't work without them. And mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Some of them will really force you into it. They're determined to get you to actually utilize that because they want that information. There's yeah. there's a lot of tracking going on. In fact, when uh, Windows 10 came out, there was a bunch of privacy concerns with it. And there were multiple things that you had to do to go in there to tell it not to use your microphone, not to use your camera, and not to track you right. and your behavior. Because a lot of people don't want that, I, myself included. And and one thing, I want advertisers to get a little uh, a hip to everything going on and, and have a cookie that says, okay, they, they bought the table. Stop showing it to them now. <laughs> right. Give exactly. them something else. Because yeah. I'll even be showing stuff that I've already purchased. And I'm like, look, no, you, now you're wasting advertisers' dollars here because I already paid for it. And I don't want to see it anymore. I have it in my house now. I, I like mm-hmm. it. It's nice. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, another way it works, you know, we've uh, we've probably a lot of us have used things, um, things like your Roku, your Apple TV, your Fire Stick. And if you start noticing, when you start going into services like Netflix and Hulu and everything else, they'll all of a sudden start showing, hey, sh- because you watched this show, you may also like this show. Mm-hmm. And that's also assen- essentially that same mm-hmm. function of those cookies. So, And just a little uh, tidbit, if, uh, if you see the stars on Netflix... Uh, those are the stars based on what they think you would rate it based on what you've watched previously. Those are not democratic results. Those are estimations based on your watching behavior. 
think about that. Interesting. 877-MPB-RING is the number. This morning we're talking about internet privacy, and you can give us a call at 877-672-7464 if you want to join the conversation. If you have any concerns about your internet privacy or even your children, if you're trying to make sure they are surfing the web safely, call us at 877-MPB-RING. Let us know what you do to kind of protect yourself and your privacy on the internet. Or you can uh, send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We do have a few lines open if you want to join the show. Linda is in Port Gibson, who has a question about privacy. Good morning, Linda. What do you have for us today? Yeah, I have a question. Um, I understand when you delete like messages or delete anything on your computer, I was also told that it's not exactly deleted. It goes into some file that you can't get to to permanently delete well, that's, is that true? That's very true. Um, it doesn't go into a special file or anything. What happens is uh, your so your hard drive uh, has different sectors on it, and uh, they're either marked for uh, data that's already on it or they're marked for uh, potential places to store data. When you put something in your recycle bin on your computer or you delete right. a message from your iPhone or whatever, um, it doesn't delete that. It just says it's okay to overwrite it. So it is possible to retrieve information off of devices that have been uh, wiped or files that have been deleted. Yeah, one way okay. I've, uh, I've explained it to a lot of people, and that is, I don't know, Jeremy, you might not remember libraries with, uh, you know, index. I'm, with the, I'm uh, 30 years old. Well, with, with the card catalog. I, I had card catalogs <laughs> when I was a kid. But um, one way I've described that to a lot of people is that whenever you delete something, it's almost like removing that card out of the card catalog. The item is actually still there. You just lost a reference to where to find it. So somebody with a little bit of investigative skill can come back in, and they could come in behind that and possibly still find it. But exactly like Jeremy said, it could get overwritten. Another book could go into its place because people didn't know that it was there. But, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right on that one, Linda, is that unfortunately yeah, it doesn't I, go away. I, I have uh, uh, something to say about lightning. Okay. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I have something to say about lightning. Uh, when I was young, I remember my brother was mopping uh, the floor, and we it was raining. And then all of a sudden, a big clap of lightning hit our TV. It was a black and white TV. It went it went straight down the middle of that TV. Oh, now that that must have been an older CRT TV, the big fat ones. Those yeah. are super dangerous. Oh, they can explode. Uh, right down the center of that TV. Wow. And, you know, that TV still worked. We kept the TV for years. You know, we just wow overlooked that streak down the middle. <laughs> wow. That's like it. Well, picture. <laughs> when I was talking about the TVs not exploding, I was talking about all of our newer flat screen types. Now, those older CRTs, those those could potentially explode, and those are super dangerous. We were always told to handle those with care when we were moving them and to carry the screen facing outward just in case you bumped into something and that tube exploded. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're, you're all right, Linda, after that uh, wild experience. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, so Linda brings up a point uh, I was going to ask about uh, when you're using the Internet and you have acquired a long uh, record of web history and your Internet history. Uh, do you recommend like clearing out your web history? Does that help at all, uh, clearing it out? 
Most of your web history is pretty small in terms of how much space it takes up. So it's it's really, I, I would say, more of what people need to clear off their computers to keep it running quickly is temporary files. It's not it's mm-hmm. not your history. Um, it, it it certainly does take up space, but I would say it's negligible in comparison to what your temporary internet files and all that are going to build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, and what temporary files are is you know when you visit a website, it may remember certain components that were actually on there. So the next time you visit that website, it will go ahead and fill them in a little bit quicker. Pictures and stuff yeah, like that. Different and pictures, different uh, like and headlines. We, and we used to really need that because the Internet used to be super slow. So if you went to a website and you already had that picture downloaded, it would just pop up because it was already on your computer. But um, that's not it, it's not really needed as much anymore. But it does still help with page optimization and loading speeds and so forth. Especially maybe for some listeners that might be in on, on – Slower connections, right. more rural connections. Um, I would almost, I'd probably go out there and say probably someone with satellite internet connection mm-hmm. that may be advantageous just to not have to constantly re-download some of those things. So. Right. So if you are in the habit of clearing out your internet history, you might actually be making more work for your networking equipment and um, having to download more stuff. Yeah. And I want to ask you guys about incognito browsing. So apparently this is a form of browsing that you can do where it does not retain what you have searched. Uh, so what what is incognito browsing? What's the point of it and how does it work? So basically it's not uh, a way to uh, to look at things that you shouldn't be looking at at work um, <laughs> because your employer can see that. Um, the incognito browser uh, doesn't keep as much information stored on the computer. So like, for example, I use it for like gift shopping. Uh, that way somebody can't go pilfering through the history on my computer and see what I'm getting them for their birthday or Christmas or whatever. Um, so you can bring up that incognito browser and it doesn't use any, uh, any add-ons or any extensions on your browser or anything. It's, it's a kind of a clean slate and, uh, it doesn't have those tracking mechanisms on it, uh, like your regular browser would. All right, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'd love for you to join the conversation. This morning, we're talking about Internet privacy. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any concerns about surfing the Internet safely or your kids surfing the Internet safely. You want to make sure they're protected. Uh, Call us at 877-672-7464. Are you an individual who's worried about being tracked on the Internet? We'll talk about location services uh, on the way back from the break and also some ways to protect your search privacy. 877 MPB ring is the number. We do have some lines open. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Today we're talking about Internet privacy. Uh, is everything you do on the Internet being seen by someone or something? We've established that that answer is yes. We'll also talk about some ways to maintain privacy while surfing on the Internet. If it's a concern you have, uh, how to surf the Internet and not be tracked. If you have some worries about uh, that where uh, regards you or your kids, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 
or you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, so the big thing I want to ask about is this idea of revealing your location. It seems like now every website I go to, it wants to access my location. This website wants to know your location. And there's a setting on your cell phone where you can turn your location on or, or, or off. And sometimes it's helpful, especially when you're doing something like a GPS uh, searching for directions. But what are, your, what are you guys' thoughts about location? Is it important to have it on? Do you need to give these websites permission or no? Uh, I, I think that mostly... The location thing, uh, at least as far as they uh, state, would be to narrow down where you are. So, like, say if I'm at Home Depot here in Jackson and I'm looking for something, I can let it pull my location. That way it can quickly say, hey, you're in Jackson. But just as easily, I can just go put in the zip code and not have it pull my location. So, Wells, yeah. what, do you, what do you think? I mean, most well, websites, location... Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of of the, I think we already give a little bit too much of our information out there freely anyways. And, um, I mean, I've just read horror stories where location can be used in a negative way towards Geofencing folks. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, now I'll be the first to admit, you know, between me and my wife and, and the two kids, we do have the find my, you know, I find my friends thing turned on between us so we can see where each other are at at mm-hmm. all times. And that's mm-hmm. that's one thing. But I've just never really been, you know, Facebook and Instagram don't need to know where I am. I agree. And, um, you know, the Netflix app is not going to do it any kind of good. You know, you got to really think about it. What What's the purpose? If we're talking about a GPS app, we're maybe talking about Yelp. I'll use Yelp a lot personally for uh, locating restaurants and such. I do like to look and see what's near me. Um, weather, if I'm going to pull it up, I don't really care what the weather is in New York. I want to know what the weather is in, you know, Jackson, Mississippi. Right. Um, but I find that for me, I'll turn those on and off. I don't, don't think they need to be on by default. Agreed. I th- yeah. I, I think we just overshare Definitely sometimes. kind of filter your use. Yeah. Some um, people just have that tendency. It's kind of like whenever you're installing a piece of software, what do you do? You just click agree and keep right. on going. What did you really just agree to, and is it really needed? Right, right. Does does that program actually need that access? And um, I just mentioned geofencing, which I'd like to explain. Uh, when you share your location, uh, there are companies that track that, and so they kind of find out, you know, where you go and what you do. And so it's just another means of uh, finding a way to get to know you and to uh, sell you advertising and so forth. Yeah. All right, and I have a follow-up question to that, but we're going to get to the phones first. Keith is in Richland. Good morning, Keith. What do you have for us today? Hello. Uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, I think Jeremy has made a remark on a while ago, and I just want to clarify. Uh, he said if you could bring in your iPad stuff that been <coughs> in the... Anyway, it quit working, and I, I'd, like, I'd like to get my uh, you know, pictures and stuff like that off there. Is there any way to do that? Uh, yes. Uh, what I was talking about was um, if anybody's stuff had been damaged in the storm, that we would cover it 100%. So uh, do you have something that was damaged in the storm? Because you can oh, actually... No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. I, okay. I, I, I mean, I, I'm in Jackson, around Jackson. Okay. In the storm, but I do... My wife does have an old iPad that uh, when she downloaded one to 10, it killed it on her, and we hadn't been able to get it back. And so, said something about being able to get the photos and stuff off that. I just wanted to any way possible to do that. Well, it is more difficult um, as, as your iOS versions uh, go higher towards 10. It's more difficult to get that information off. It is not impossible, um, but some of the information may be garbled, um, especially if the iPad itself won't boot. Um, that creates a problem because you're going to have to reinstall the operating system on it before you can get it to boot. And how, and how would you go about that? 
Um, you would have to hook it up to your uh, your computer, um, and let's see. Uh, with your iPad, you're gonna plug it up to your computer, and then you're gonna hold your power button and your home button for about 15 seconds until you see the apple. And then after you see the apple, count to three, and then let go of your power button. Keep holding your home button though, and then you should see an iTunes logo come up on the screen. If you don't, then that means that something is probably uh, pretty bad off in there or you need a component replaced. Um, it is possible that the iPad could be too far gone, but I would try that first. Um, that will put it into recovery mode, and then you can restore it through iTunes. Okay. But when you restore it, it's actually going to erase everything on the iPad. So it's possible to retrieve fragments from what was on there before, but I can't guarantee that you'll actually get anything. So you may not want to do a restore. Um, it's difficult to find somebody that can do data recovery on iPads. It's not an easy task, as the FBI could tell you last year. If it won't boot, though... The best thing, best thing to do, then, is just go get another iPad and forget that one. Right? Pretty much. Now, if your uh, wife had it logged into iCloud and she did a routine backup, um, it's possible that the pictures and everything could be on iCloud. Oh, okay. Well, I'm... She's explained iCloud to me a million times. Somewhere, some reason, I still don't get it. But uh, long, long, she knows what's going on with that thing. <laughs> it's a magic box out there on the Internet that you can store all your stuff in. Well, your photos and stuff. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I just don't get that. But anyway. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Absolutely. Right, Keith. Thank yeah. you so much. And Keith just really it just highlighted again the importance of backing up before disaster hits. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, you know, many, many times I've seen, you know, we've had, you know, iPads, iPhones that have kind of went a little bit south, maybe got a little corrupted, didn't want to act quite right. You know, did exactly what you were talking about. Put them into restore mode, put the operating system back onto them fresh. You know, the teammate would put in their username and password for their iTunes account and boom, their apps are back, their pictures are back. All these items come back. And it just really comes down to making sure you're doing a consistent job of backing up and that, that can really save a lot of headaches and a lot of heartache absolutely yeah, i can say that finally this week i uh went ahead and and increased my storage my icloud storage i think i just had the uh the standard the the factory uh storage Five gig yeah. yeah so i upgraded to i think 250 which is about 2.99 a month if i'm not mistaken so hopefully because i was tired of getting that message that kept saying your music and your photos hadn't been backed up in a long time right. so i don't know how much i can get with 250 gigabytes i hope a lot because oh, i have a lot of music bit. that's that's a chunk yeah they they offered a terabyte i think for 9.99 a month that's overkill yeah i don't need it because i have a, an external hard drive so i mean i can put stuff on it too but 299 a month 250 gigs so now you said my pictures and my apps and what else your can notes, go in the iCloud okay um music yeah your music any any of that kind of stuff all right great so i'm proud of myself um, well, like also, i said that, that phone right now could just disappear somebody could you know jeremy could take it get really mad whoosh. smash it with a hammer you go get a new one you plug in your username and password and boom you're right back to where you were like it That's never amazing. happened that's amazing. Um, also, uh, for anyone listening, if you want to um, uh, basically force your device to do a backup, um, if you connect to your wireless network, uh, then you go to your settings. Now, this is just for iPhones uh, or iPads. Um, go to settings and then scroll down and tap iCloud and then scroll down and tap backup and make sure that the iCloud backup is turned on. That right there will protect your data from even physical devastation Um because as we found out with the tornado, not not everything is protected with a local backup. 
All right. Uh, we have a call to get to. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. We've been talking about Internet privacy today. Uh, if you want to let us know your thoughts on revealing information on the Internet, are you the type who always has your location on? Do you check in different places on Facebook? Are you completely comfortable surfing the Internet? Uh, if you're not worried about your privacy, get a call. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have any concerns about your Internet privacy or your kids' privacy, 877-MPB-RING is the number. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions you'd like to ask today. They don't have to be on internet privacy. If you have any general tech questions, 877-672-7464 is the number. We do have some lines open. You can also email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. David is in Flowood with a question about a laptop. Good morning, David. What do you have for us today? Uh, Yes, I have an old laptop. It's probably about an 07 or an 08 HP Pavilion, and I don't use it anymore. I don't really want to just throw it away. But also, you know, I've done Internet banking on there and I've done a couple other things. And I just want to make sure that what data is on there is removed or in some fashion. Like, do I need to just take it to some specialist and have them wipe it before they destroy it? Or do I just what do I what do I do with this thing? I would say that the safest thing to do um, if if you're not familiar with your computer, which in some cases uh, your hard drive can be removed from a small bay on the bottom. But every laptop is different these days. Sometimes you have to take the entire thing apart to get to the hard drive. Um, If there's not a little bay on the bottom, uh, then I do recommend you take it to a professional and tell them that you want that data destroyed, which means, you know, put a a drill bit through it like we've said in the past. That's really the best way to make sure that none of your banking data falls into the wrong hands. Yeah, there are shredding services that will shred them. I mean, um, and and again, really, just even simply just going out to your garage, taking a drill and putting a hole through it is just a, a an ironclad way of making sure. I wouldn't be able to recover data off of it. <laughs> I can do that. And Thank there's, you, David. There's, there's a little bit of personal satisfaction in doing that oh, as well. Yeah. It's kind of like when a printer it's goes good. bad. You know, there's yeah. a reason that you know, office, office space, space was on really it. good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, David. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Okay, we're going to go next to Rosina, who's in Braxton, with a question. Good morning, Rosina. What do you have for us today? Hi. Um, about unplugging uh, electronics during thunderstorms, mm-hmm. I unplugged my computer and my backup, but what about the router and the modem? Do I need to unplug them? And if I don't, do I need to un- uh, disconnect the cords that go to the computer? Um, I, I would say uh, it, it's it's not a terrible idea to unplug it from the wall, especially if you're already going through the trouble of unplugging your uh, your computer and everything else. Um, yeah, one. one question that you would have to ask is, um, do you lease that device? I mean, if you lease it, you can just, you know, take it back in and be like, uh, this died overnight mysteriously. Yeah, and I, you I know. Okay, if you own them, absolute, I would unplug them. Yeah, I mean, at, at the absolute bare minimum, even for times when maybe you know maybe the lightning storm's not near you, I always recommend people putting all of those kind of devices on at least a surge protector, just mm-hmm. a quality surge protector from any of your box stores. Um, because even if the lightning's not right there in your area, you never know. Um, a lot of you know, for example, people with cable modems, cable in a lot of places is strung up on these big telephone poles. So they're very susceptible to electromagnetic interference. Um, and again, a lot of the phone lines around here, a lot of copper, and a lot of that's in the ground. So it may not be near your house, but it could be a mile down the road that could actually affect you. So um, I think you're on a track there, but I would go a step further and just make sure that those devices are also on surge protectors. 
And then when I replug them in, everything's already set up, and I just plug them back in. Correct. They'll re- they'll retain their settings. They won't lose. Whenever you, um, I mean, in all honesty, really, the uh, unplugging them for a little bit and plugging them back in may not be a bad thing. It just kind of gives everything mm-hmm. a nice little fresh reboot. Okay. But it will retain its settings for you. And uh, yeah. plug in your modem before you plug in your router. Just give it, you know, oh, yeah. 15, 30 yeah, seconds, exactly. something like that, and then it should have no issues whatsoever. Sure. All right, Rosina, thank you so much for your call. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be going to Bonnie next. After the break, we have a few lines open if you want to join the conversation. If you have any general tech questions you'd like to ask about your tech devices, you can give us a call or any comments. 877-MPB-RING is the number. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about Internet privacy, how to surf surf the web safely, call us at 877-672-7464. We do have some lines open. 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Today we've been talking about Internet privacy, and uh, we have some calls to get to. As promised, we're going to go first to Bonnie, who's on the road and has a question. Good morning, Bonnie. What do you have for us today? wanted to know if when I'm using WhatsApp, can it be, uh, can other people see what I'm saying or my friend is saying? When you're using what, Bonnie? We didn't hear you. That word is WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Okay. Oh, what WhatsApp? Yes. Okay. Oh. Uh, so your question is, uh, can can people see your communications? Correct. Yes. Um. So uh, the way that I think about things like this is that pretty much there nothing is secure. Um, so, well, yes, people probably can snoop on that if they really, really wanted to. Um, I would say that you're mostly safe unless you've given somebody a reason to go poking into your affairs. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't be doing that. And I, it's a wonderful program. I am driving from Jonesboro, Arkansas, through Memphis to Huntsville, Alabama, I wish you were in Huntsville, Alabama, too. This is a wonderful program. Well, thank you. Well, we are online. Yeah, you can can stream us. Yeah, if you download the uh, MPB public radio app, the uh, public media app, uh, you can can access that that way. We stream, so pretty much wherever you go, you can hear us. Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Thank you. What what is it, uh, again? The app is an MPB public media app. If you download that app, you can listen to us, uh, Think Radio and our music radio. Uh, also, if you just go to our website, mpbonline.org, there is a Listen Live tab at the top of our web page. Well, I really appreciate this because if I had known about it, I might have saved some. Uh, I got, after my husband died, I got uh, scams for over the four years. $400,000. Wow. Um, well, I 
Wow. We try to prevent tragedies like that on the show if yeah. we can. So, yeah. So keep, sorry to hear about that, Bonnie. Yeah, yeah Please keep listening. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, you know, we try to talk about things uh, to help people. So we're, we're glad you came across us. Uh, and uh, absolutely sorry for your loss and, and for having to experience that. But thank you for your call. Jen is in Ocean Springs with a question. Uh, good morning to you, Jen. What do you have for us today? Yes, I uh, actually had a question regarding the new um, nominee, the FCC nominee. There's been discussion about uh, repealing the net neutrality, and I was wondering how that will affect uh, me as a consumer and um, the use of my mobile device um, when surfing the Internet. And uh, I'll take my answer uh, on the on the air. Okay. Thanks, Jen. This is a pretty big topic. We could have a whole show on net neutrality, but to to kind of nutshell it for you, basically if uh if if the internet is no longer neutral, and what that means is that all the traffic is treat is treated the same, whether it's going to Amazon or whether it's going to Minor Wilts's websites. Um but if if net neutrality is ended that allows them to prioritize some traffic over others. So smaller companies may suffer in uh, their clients not being able to get to their websites in a timely fashion, uh, and that's that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to that. There's also the consumer side of it, which you were really asking about, and I'll focus on more. Um, you know how you uh, you have the different packages from your, your cable company to throw HBO and Cinemax and all that in there? Imagine if you had to do that with, like, Facebook and uh, Amazon and, and different sites. Uh, you had to buy different packages to get uh, better speeds to access those sites. Uh, that's why net neutrality is so important, uh, and, and I, I hope that uh, our administration uh, wisens up to the fact. Um, but it's um, th- there's a lot of money in uh privatizing the internet so yeah and i think um and what makes it even worse is that quite honestly i mean i've i've looked into this quite a bit and so many of it the way they word everything it really kind of gets hard to weed through it it's it's uh legalese yeah legalese and it gets very confusing but it's definitely one to keep an eye on because i mean i'm i'm i think of the same opinion as jeremy is that you know the net needs to remain neutral it doesn't matter if you're a big fish or a small fish no pay to play basically yep all right. Uh, we'll have to have a conversation about that on a later show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, last call goes to Mary in South Haven, who has a question. Good morning, Mary. What do you have for us today? Hey, how you doing? Hey, you doing great. Great, great. And um, I'm so sorry for the lady that called before that you know, had that terrible thing happen. I hope all of us, that's kind of what I'm calling about. I'm a big fan of playing work with friends, travel game online, mm-hmm. and um, I'm a member, and and of the of the game and and they want me to what they call complete my profile which means give them my name and address. They already have my email. I don't know how they got it. But um so I was just wondering if it's safe to do that. I I'd love to be able to have the full access to the fun parts of the game, but on the other hand I want to be safe. I don't want to jeopardize it. In this case, safe is kind of a, a strange term to use. Um, it, it's it, All they're doing is just storing information about you, like just about any other company. So I'd say uh, it's it's mostly safe, and you might even consider just putting in a bogus address. Um, I do that on a lot of online sites. If they want my address, here, have one. I just made it up. 
All right, uh, Mary, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much. And for everybody who did not get to call, you can always send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And uh, Jeremy has prepared a tech poem for us today. Yes, a tech poem. Here we go. (laughs) Privacy is a myth, you see. When it goes digital, you never truly know. So encrypt and secure, and always be sure, your password protected. Green lock at the top, it's the smart way to tech, to hacker deflect. You'll sleep better at night knowing your data is locked up tight. All right, that's pretty good. We got to get you, you some uh, you. some soft music to play. Yeah, 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 Sam. That's a new assignment. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Sam Wells for being our board operator and DJ today. Uh, Kevin Farrell was our call screener. Stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.